thank you for joining us on Love That Voiceover, where we explore the people and projects behind the microphone in depth. I am your shaky guinea ghost. Love that Rebecca. Hi, this is the big gun, Ed Victor. Keep listening to Love That Voiceover with Rebecca. I know I will. And we're back with the fabulous Tom Bido. <laughs> Tom, how are you? I'm fine, Rebecca. <laughs> You're better than a cup of coffee here. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> I had mine. I had two espressos. What can I say? Full Very of good. caffeine. No, I had my little ice cream. That's what it is. It's sugar high, Tom. <laughs> um, well, sugar will do it too. I, I, <laughs> trust me. I, I, there are certain studios. I always love the studios that have the candy. M&M's. That's where I was raised. M&M's, baby. M&M's. You got it. At the Voice Factory. Taylor always had M&M's. Peanut. I wanted peanuts. That's right. Because I'm a little peanut myself, a little crazy for peanuts. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about moving forward. Um, What are you working on now? Well, in terms of any, you know, I don't don't have any long-term things except for uh, Rainbird. Uh, Rainbird Sprinklers has been one of my accounts for the past two years. Uh, whatever spots they have in various markets. And I'm a lot busier during the spring for obvious reasons, you know, sprinklers, irrigation. Birds. Ha ha. <laughs> so spots, but what but what we're in the process of doing is a lot of how-to videos. Okay. Of how to install these sprinkler systems at your home, how to replace this, how to how, you know how to how to bypass, how, how to uh, how to it, save. It, it's replacing, yeah, th- that kind of thing. You know what I've seen is those how-to videos are replacing the frequently asked questions because it's much easier to watch a video to answer your question. I think what Rainbird has done, and not because I'm part of it, but it was the guy who uh, who the producer, the writer producer, who said we need to put this on two levels. We need to have one that talks to the um, that talks to the professionals that that uh, you know automatically understands that they know certain things so we can make it a little briefer. Right. And then we need the ones that spell it out a little bit more. For the novice. For, uh, exactly. For, for the novice. The novice. And, uh, and so that I know is in, my, is in my future here over the next two months, you know, trying to, uh, uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, we take care of this biz because believe it or not, it's like painting the Golden Gate Bridge. You get to the end of the Golden Gate Bridge, they got to go back to the other end and start again. It's exactly right. In fact, uh, an old friend of mine's father was actually one of those uh, supervisors of the bridge, bridge, Golden Gate Bridge painters. Can you believe it? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, well, and you're a Bay Area product, That's so right. it's, it's it's a story that uh, <laughs> that resonates for it's you. Home. You know, other than that, it's just basically, you know, we got sweeps coming up here. So, you know, a lot of the, the affiliates, they do, you know, more promos, investigative things. So, you know, I have to kind of be on my toes here. And how do, and how do you fit in narration? You do some TV narration too, correct? Besides the promo. Yes, I do. And and that to me, and, and you know, I, I, I really don't do many cartoons anymore. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Time not being there and also just... I, I've done so many news promos and everything that I've gotten into, you know, I'm really good with serious reads and I love documentaries. And what I try to do, and when we audition for these, uh, is, is that my agents are able to finesse saying, you know, well, look, he's available between nine and 11 or he's available between three and five. So we are unrushed and we're able to, uh, to do a good job. And, 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 you know, take a look at, take a look at the, the video that they've got in order to make sure it works. 
And to me, that is my candy store of voiceover now. Ah, the sweet Telling stuff. stories. Whenever the Smithsonian calls, I'm there. You really love that. I really love it because um, I got done doing something a couple of months ago for um, uh, the Battle of uh, Chattanooga and Chickamauga. Say that three times. Chattanooga, Chattanooga Chickamauga. Chattanooga, Chickamauga. Yeah. I can't do it. I there have to read go. it. I have to have it in front of me at least. You do. I know. I mean, I do. But uh, it's a great, you know, story about a, a critical uh, Southern battle. Right. Why do you love it so much, Tom? I think, I think that I love those kinds of stories or Arlington National Cemetery or uh, things like that because there's a real human angle. I love, I love the human stories, you know, more than anything else because it, it gives us, you know, takes us behind the scenes of something that perhaps we didn't know about the frailty of a general, you know, who was a drunkard. Right. Or about, or about somebody who, uh, you know, an assistant to Lincoln whose job was on the line, you know, if, if, if Grant didn't win that particular battle. Or um, in terms of like this Arlington National Cemetery uh, documentary that I did about a year and a half ago, which airs pretty much every holiday that there's so much more that goes on in Arlington than just the funerals. I mean, they have all kinds of things, uh, you know, training programs for former, uh, former soldiers who were wounded in action, oh. you know, giving, the, giving them therapy. Um, so what, anyway. what it sounds like you really love is being able to learn about the human side from real incidents that are, I don't know, maybe this is true, maybe it's not, but it seems very much a part of American history, American current or, or, or more history history. I, you know what? I, I find, I, unfortunately, I'm Italian, so I get very, I can get weepy, you know, at anything. Aww. But for example, <laughs> Uh, for example, uh, what was Seabiscuit was on the other night. And now Seabiscuit's not a documentary. Right. But the opening is narrated by, you know, David McCullough, the, the great writer slash narrator. Okay. And he's talking about, you know, he's talking about uh, the, the, the Great Depression. And I'm sitting there. I'm in the first 10 minutes of the movie and I'm starting to get tears in my eyes because, you know, it, it, it harkens back to uh, adversity and how we overcome adversity. And so some of those are my favorite stories. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how much narration overall do you get to do in terms of your overall work, let's say, percentage-wise? I would say in terms of documentaries, if I'm able, if I'm able to do five or six of these a year, you know, with, with my promo schedule, I'm, I'm very happy. Oh, so you have uh, to kind of work it around these other things that are really fast and furious and to, to squeeze in those two-hour segments that you were mentioning or something is. like that. Yeah, and that was, that was part of my problem years ago when I was doing some cartoons, but the union rule at the time was back in the 80s until we fought for this is that uh, there were a couple of directors who would have you there for eight hours. And then as opposed to going over to Hanna-Barbera and you'd be there for three and a half hours to do a cartoon. And so I was starting to lose work at uh, the, the local, the ABC uh, affiliate in, uh, in Los Angeles because I wasn't available. So then it gets down to a numbers game. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're sure. going to make X number of dollars here or you're going to make three X over here and, and work less time as well. Right. And uh, kind of started shifting more into the promo world. I've heard that happen to other people too. So 
where you're talking about it, it did having to balance the budget again being the entrepreneur right exactly and I, I really don't want to mention names because if they heard this they would say don't say I'm not available <laughs> but there were a couple of guys who were doing cartoons and then suddenly got really good promo gigs for the networks and then suddenly it was like their agent said you know what if you want to do a cartoon I will work my butt off to make sure you can do that one cartoon but um but if you want to continue working for this particular network you have to be available so I don't know some people are going oh boohoo I wish I had those problems but you know what it it's um well, when you hit it, to a certain it, it, level, you know, I mean, what we're talking about are people at a certain level that do deal with those problems. So it's not yeah. about crying over your your glass of milk that hasn't spilled. It's actually trying to say, how do you balance life as a professional? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, one guy who I don't think would mind, uh, I mean, Reno Romano is a terrific actor. And when he came to town he, uh, years ago, he was doing a lot of different things. He would be doing cartoons. He'd be doing the occasional promo here and there. But then suddenly when he started working for various uh, networks, this is even before NBC. I think he was doing like ABC Family Channel and and uh, Fox, uh, Fox Sports. Suddenly he wasn't available to do as many uh, cartoons. And, you know, I'd run into him. I'd say, hey, Paisan, how's it going? He goes, I'm good. He goes, I, I wish I could do a cartoon, though, you know? Yeah. And so he tries. He tries to get out there to do something here and there when he can. But uh, Well, do you have to live in you know, L.A.? I mean, you're, you're an ex-L.A. guy because of the wife's job when you moved out of the L.A. area mm -hmm. to Northern California. Is that something that, um, you know, being out of L.A., you can even consider anymore if you wanted to? Actually, I would say overall, no. There have been a few people that said, you know, for example, when I did a couple of episodes of Harvey Birdman, right? the way they record many of the cartoons these days, you're not having the big ensemble read through with everybody and a great party and do it together. They're doing these things. Hi, Rebecca, this is your time. You're in at 1030 to 1115 to do your lines. And then they cut it together afterwards. So in that case, for that particular show, they were totally fine me doing it ISDN. Right. Because I did not have to be in the room with all the other actors. And I will tell you that part of that, this is my opinion, part of that process started coming down when celebrities got into doing cartoons. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because, because they were the ones the, that were carving the road of being able to do it according to their schedule, wherever they might be outside of the area of where the group would possibly get mm -hmm. together. And here's another thing, and it's sad, but there were a few celebrities who did not want to work with these working stiffs. You mean they didn't want to because, actually go down there and be in the same place? Uh-huh. Ew. How unfunny exactly. is that? It, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, for example... So I want to counter a negative story with a positive one. When you take, for example, Ed Asner, the great Ed Asner, Asner, Mary Tyler Moore and everything oh, else. Oh, yeah. Ed Asner would be walking through L.A. studios on any given day, shaking hands, signing autographs, telling stories, working with all the actors in the same studio, having a ball. Right. And then there were a few others who were kind of like, oh, no, um, is there any way I could do my lines first? <laughs> You know, and then the director would come out and say one of my one of my buddies, you know, like Rob Paulson, hey, Rob, um, this guy has to go. He needs to be on the set at, you know, two o'clock. Is there any way? And Rob's just Mr. Giver. So Rob says, yeah, no problem. Fine, fine. Go ahead. He can do it. Right, right, right. So any, anyway, so, so it did affect 
cartoons, I mean, I, you've got to be down there also for some of the in-person auditions. I, I just think that it's important, you know, to, you know, I am blessed by the fact that I'm able to live where I want to live. I'm close to my wife's family and everything. It worked out for us and I'm able to make a good living doing this. And what's my downside? Well, my downside, okay, I can't do as many cartoons. Or I can't go into Elaine Craig's or the Kalmansons to audition for uh, a campaign in person, you know, because that's the way they would want it. So you lose out a few things there. But overall, I mean, I, I, look, I look at this as, uh, as a huge gray area that, for the most part, uh, I've been very lucky, been very fortunate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have. And so let's go out of the serious business stuff. Take a quick mm. break, Tom, and we'll be back with the Rorschach questionnaire a la love that voiceover. Okay. <laughs> Hang on tight. Okay. Hey, all you sexy, fabulous, wonderful, joyous, prosperous, wealthy, beautiful people. This is Rebecca Michaels-Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca, of Love That VoiceOver. I am dedicated to bringing you a really exciting 2013 with fun people, interesting backgrounds, fantastic secrets revealed. My focus are voiceover talent, casting directors, and other creatives that work behind the mic. Tune in anytime since archives are online at Blog Talk Radio right now. So tell your friends, Tell your other friends, tell your producers, <laughs> tell everyone to tune in to Love That VoiceOver with Love That Rebecca, Rebecca Michaelshaw. Thanks for listening to Love That VoiceOver. We are back with the fantabulous Tom Pinto, and we are here in the final segment of Love That VoiceOver, the Rorschach Questionnaire. Are you ready, Tom? This is a fast and furious and sometimes inquirious, whatever that means, um, re- session word, where I just rattle off some questions. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of like a Rorschach test. You respond however you want to in the moment. This is just an in-the-moment thing. Okay, instinctive. Are you ready? Are you loose? Instinctive answers on their way. Instinctive. Okay. What is your current favorite American or international city? Uh, I, I would say uh, New York. Ooh, New York. What is your current or fa- favorite voice? Who? Oh, I've got to say Jeff Bridges. Ooh, Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Nice. He's very mm-hmm. recognizable. Let's talk about your current favorite rock star, pop star, or celebrity. Who might that be? Alison Krauss. I am like on an Alison Krauss jonesing frenzy. I can't get enough Alison Krauss. And tell everybody who Alison Krauss is. Well, you know, she's out. She's got a rockabilly sound. She did an album with, uh, you know, Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin. Um, she, wow. She's just got a gorgeous voice. And, uh, and I also understand that Don Henley's got a new album coming out. He did some stuff in Nashville, and she's going to be on a couple of tracks there. Ooh, everybody, you've got the heads up now. Alison Krauss, listen to her, based on Tom Pinto's referral. Don't, don't, don't blame me if you don't like it. But it's not, it's not twangy country. It's, there's, it's just a beautiful, uh, there's a wonderful rockabilly uh, feel to her. You know. Okay, yeah, so rockabilly is a, a way to consider it, I suppose. That sounds cool. All right, next question. What is what would you choose, a beverage or a cocktail? Oh, it depends on the hour. <laughs> Let's give it an evening hour so you can choose either. You know what? 
Lemonade, baby. Ooh, lemonade. So you can add vodka or not add vodka, or would it be vodka? And that you 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 read my mind, and and I am a guy that <laughs> will take uh, will take a raspberry lemonade and and put some uh, stoli in that. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> so it's a beverage and a it's cocktail. A He's a chameleon. A chameleon again. <laughs> Next question. What sport do you like to either watch or to actually do? Oh, basketball. Hands down. Yeah. Basketball. God, you guys, I cannot do basketball for the life of me. Why do you like basketball? Well, as I get older, I am, I am uh, and I was a big baseball fan when I was young. Still am a baseball fan. Uh, but um, I have great admiration for the athleticism of uh, of basketball players. I think they're some of the some of the greatest athletes in the world, and they got to get up and down those courts and the things they have to do. Uh, and then on top of it is um, is I love my Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Always will. Okay, Jack. Always will. I'm a Laker fan from the early '60s when Elgin Baylor played. So. Part of it is uh, part of it is history, but I, I love basketball, NBA basketball in particular. Wait, wait, I want to talk to Jack again. What the hell do you want to know, Rebecca? I haven't got a lot of time. I just want you to say my name again. <laughs> <laughs> Next question: uh, Favorite comic strip or cartoon or cartoon character? Um, comic strip or cartoon character? You mean like choice between a comic strip and what's uh, and, and like a cartoon? Yeah, because, you know, we're doing it fast. Which, which whatever comes to your mind first. Oh, Charlie Brown. Oh. Absolutely. Charlie Brown. Aww. Yeah, I got a rock. <laughs> My granddaughter's been watching that one here for Halloween there, and she always laughs when he goes trick-or-treating and everybody else gets Kenny. goes, I got a rock. So. <laughs> I always felt sorry for him that he didn't have a, another T-shirt. Dang. <laughs> yeah, I know, that too. <laughs> you know, come on, style, buddy, huh? All right. Okay. Last and, and, and uh, last fast question. What is the most impressive American achievement that you can think of right now that you admire? Most impressive American achievement. Um, you know what? I know it sounds trendy, but when I, when I look at the space shuttle, to think that we were able to go fly in space manned operation, I think we took that for granted. I, th- I, think, I think 20 years from now, we're going to say, that was something else. That was really something else, and um, and, and that that's a special a special achievement. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Very very cool. Now we're going to go a little bit more introspective. So I'm going to get closer to. <laughs> Growing up, when you were a child, what was the name of your best friend? Do you remember? I do, Marty. Uh- Oh, Marty, and tell us something you remember about Marty right now. Because Marty was cooler than me. He was more handsome than me. He was more athletic than me. But for some reason, he wanted me hanging out with him all the time. So we, we palled around a lot. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Well, the only thing that Marty didn't have was your really cool name, T-H-O-M. <laughs> what one thing can bring you pure joy? <clears throat> I, I, I must say, and maybe it's old Italian genes starting to kick in, but when I'm in my backyard and my roses look really healthy and I'm able to take pictures of them and, and post them on Facebook, Rebecca, you'd be surprised the number of people that click on like 
when they see beauty. And I think for me, it's not the satisfaction I get out of posting it, but it's the satisfaction. I have a gorgeous backyard and I look at it every morning and, um, and it's a large backyard. Wouldn't have been able to afford it in LA, but I've got quite a bit of property here. And um, that's very, very, very nice. That's very soothing to me. That's very peaceful to me. And especially when I can share it with my wife because she's a love of my life. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, speaking from moving from joy to indulgence, (laughs) what guilty pleasure do you let yourself indulge in and are willing to admit right now? Yes. Well, my Achilles heel are sweets. And and I Mm -hmm. will probably, you know, if somebody left a box of C's candy, um, uh, Scotch Mellows, sitting on the counter, I would probably eat half the box before the company came over. So so chocolate. (laughs) And the other thing is, and this is kind of hard because I I don't think we have very good pizza in in the town we live in. Whenever I go to New York, Mm. I if I'm in New York for four days, I will have pizza three of the four days. Only three? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dinner and lunch, though, right? You know, uh, well, sometimes I'll you know I'll try to you know go to a good place that friends recommend because it's always in my opinion, always great to try something new. But uh, I, I just love the little hole-in-the-wall places where you can get a, a great slice, you know, And because uh, my dad had a pizza place. So pizza? He had a pizza place growing oh, up. Oh, so, really? So um, I, I say this with all false modesty aside, um, I, I think I know good pizza. So. Ah, excellent, excellent. And Speaking of uh, natural talents, perhaps that your father had, moving to you, what natural gift would you most like to possess that you do not possess? Oh, singing. Everybody says that. I am telling you, because when you hear a piece of music that moves you and, um, and you really can't vocalize it the way that that person vocalizes it, male or female, um, I'm in awe. Right. I'm in awe. It's really awesome. And you yeah. know what else? Piano. Playing piano. I'm when I my next lifetime, I'm coming back and I'm taking piano lessons because I think piano is the foundation for any good composition, whether it's classical, jazz, rock and roll. Um, I, p- piano is awesome. Oh, cool. So you don't have a piano right now. You don't. No, no. It. it you know. I. You know that would that would that would involve. We'll, we'll, an we'll just leave it at that time. Of my time to, to take <laughs> lessons. I play guitar. I play a little guitar, so I enjoy it that. Oh, that's fun. But I wish I could sing. That's fun. Last but not least, okay. for our little Rorschach test, what do you consider your greatest achievement? Oh, wow. I think, I think it's a work in progress. And the work in progress is I have three daughters. They're all of grown-up age now, but the one, there's one in college. Hmm. So it's a work in progress in knowing that they're three young women who are in the world, are making their way, are taking care of their own bills are finding happiness in relationships and in a very tough economic market. Um, I'm proudest that I think I taught them, I gave them a good work ethic and, and that they, uh, they exhibit that. And I, th- I think that's going to take them a long way. Fatherhood. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing my Rorschach round. You're welcome. I appreciate it very much. I have one last question for you for the interview, the formal interview. Oh, the interview. formal interview. Here we go. <laughs> How do people find out about you? How do people find out about me? <laughs> well, you know what? The website, T-H-O-M Pinto, TomPinto.com. 
you know, they could see the work that I've done. Uh, they can contact me. They can find you on Facebook. If they look me up on Facebook, they could do that, uh, or they can go to my website or something like that. And, yeah. And uh, or they can stalk me. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we purposely do not give out addresses for this reason. Thank you, Rebecca. You're too kind on that. So, um, can I talk to Jack again? What would you like to know? First of all, I don't do interviews for less than scale. Do you got that? <laughs> oh, I just love Jack. I love Jack. Everybody, Jack is Jack is every man's alter ego. Uh, not every man. I think a lot of men's alter ego because he says things that we all wish we could say. Right, right, right. You will get scale, baby. Scale, scale, scale. All right. And a percentage of the profits, too, if you <laughs> You are fabulous. Well, thank you. Thank Rebecca. you so much, Mr. Pinto. I really appreciate this time. You're, you're welcome. It's been great going down memory lane and, and just talking about uh, not just my situation, but also, you know, when you ask questions about where the industry is going. And you know what? It, it is a work in progress. The thing I love about voiceover is that it, it's always changing. Trends are changing. You got to stay on top of it. And to me, that's part of the brilliance of our work that you don't, you can't afford to get stale. So That's very, very true. And uh, part of that is staying in touch with other people, however you can, which is one thing that we are doing right now. And I'm, and I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you've got, you know, you've got, you know, some of these podcasts and some of the posts because it does get an exchange for people around the country to talk about what's going on for them, what problems they're, they're having or what kind of equipment they need or, I, you know, uh, who is this person on this spot All of because that. I think he's really good. I mean, you got to have some kind of a forum, you know? You know, I really, really liked that exchange that we had too when we were talking about that one commercial and how I just felt like it didn't feel like a celebrity to me. It just didn't didn't do anything for me. And I know the guy. What was his name now? I can see the actor. Jason ba Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. I love him on camera. Right. But 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 that voice, it just didn't do anything. I just couldn't well, tell. And and then you know? that's that's the point. If you're going to use a celebrity, it should be reflective of what they ooze in our consciousness through movies or whatever. So for for example, right. I think Robert Downey Jr. is misused on, on the Nissan. Give him something that's snappy, witty, something that's got a comeback there, and then people will go, oh, that's Robert Downey. Yeah, you want to be able to utilize the power of their essence it, it, and have it to the commercial you know, advantage. And, and right? Jason has played a wonderfully comedic, vulnerable everyman since in, in, yeah. in God knows how many films over the last five years. And I feel like. He's just harnessed in this very low-key, high, I'm Mr. Americana. And that's, that's exactly. not who he is. Jeff, that's Jeff Bridges. That's Jeff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like... Or Peter Coyote in a way. But Peter, no, he has more like this Western flavor. I don't know. I have to listen to him again. Well, you know what? Coyote, Coyote does have a natural Western flavor to him. Um, and I also think yeah. that... Bridges has that he's always even without the dude I mean he's got a very uh midwestern almost rural sensibility and and when you think about what he's been doing for uh, 
for, for the hunger program. And he's up there playing guitar and he's with people in the middle of America. I mean, this is a man who walks the walk and talks the talk. So when I... When I That's what's nice. Yeah. yeah. Integrity. When I hear him talk about a cause, when I hear him talk about a company like Warehouser that's doing something good, I believe him because he seems to be part of that fabric. He feels like it. So I think right, it's about using right. the appropriate celebrity that, you know, that oozes what you're looking for. Exactly. Um, there, what's her name? Uh, Lisa Kudrow is back on a campaign for You'll Play right now. And they're taking advantage of her very dry wit. So it's working, yeah. You know, it's lighthearted. When you look at the pictures, it's all very, it, it's very bright. And there's those, the, all those little flowers and everything else. And it just, it suits Lisa's voice. So I think, you know, there are some where they hit the mark and some where it's kind of like, you know, maybe it was easy to sell your client to say, we got this celeb doing our account, but, uh, you know, it's got to be effective. You know, that's the bottom line. Right, right, right. Very, very cool. Well, um, we are done. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our next guest.